Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Well, Taylor, we are back here on the Potential Podcast. And guess what? If it bleeds, we can kill it. We could kill it. What can we kill? I don't know. What can we kill, Taylor? What do you think we can kill, you and I? Time. Uh, That's what we're doing. We're killing time. To uh, (laughs) let's just let's just get into it. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Potential Podcast. It's your host Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by Commander Kill Some Stuff, Taylor Sokol, and uh, we're here to talk about an exciting franchise, a franchise that hasn't done as well as. other types in the same, I guess, genre as you would is one of our uh, big bads that we did on our first season. We did the Alien franchise, uh, which was a lot of fun to dissect. But uh, we have a new movie that just came out on Hulu, uh, a prequel movie for the Predator franchise. And Taylor, I think you and I are fans of the Predator franchise. There's a lot of good stuff in the Predator franchise, even though of the content we've got so far, we've had five films now and two spinoff films. Not everything has uh, been at its A game, if you will. Uh, but I think the the mythos and the character of the Predator, how it looks, how it shapes everything, that was a groundbreaking moment, I think, for Hollywood and for the type of movie that we could really have a, a more action-packed sci-fi film than uh, horror-based, if you will. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's so what's so interesting about this franchise is it it's so um just the concept alone is very different than your typical kind of horror, sci-fi horror. I mean, 
you know, talking about the Alien franchise, it's got a very, if you will, unique spin, but an ultimate premise where you have an alien threat, where there's, it's done time and time again. This one where you have a this almost seemingly unstoppable force that uh, is... Uh, has a code it's got um, it's got this technology we don't really understand it and they continue just to kind of peel back the layers um every every time but it's been very interesting though with how amazing the concept and how great like the first film uh did where it um where it's gone today and but as we said like last week we just reviewed prey we enjoyed that so much we see that there is new life uh if you will breathing in to this franchise you know, think about when I first, think about the time, Chris, that you first, you know, saw this. Uh, I would say, you know, Predator. I remember um, this came out in 1987, and I would have seen it much later. I think on DVD or probably on TV. My dad was like, "Oh, you gotta check this movie." And I remember before I ever I ever saw it, I remember walking in a room at my like it was like a family party. And I remember someone watching it. I remember the scene that like most stuck in my mind was when you first see the first Predator kill. And you just, all of a sudden, you see this, like, cloaked thing come in, like, and kills this guy, and then runs off. And I remember, like, what is that? I, and so, I remember how, like, pretty, like, nuts that this film was. But I was so excited because it wasn't so much scary, but more suspenseful that that I like. That's what I liked about this compared to Alien uh, when I was younger. Yeah, they, they both have the suspense element, but this... uh this because it is it does then turn into an action flick and uh something of more of a you know there's a competition involved here the hunt predator and prey how do you take out this warrior no it's a hunt as opposed to alien where it is a hunt situation but it's also like like a lot of the alien franchise is oh there's the overseeking company that owns this planet or this ship and they're really after the species itself so everyone else is, you know, expendable. This has elements of that throughout the films, but it's not as much. It's not, you know, it's more of, oh, how, how are we in this situation? What is this thing and how do we kill it? I'm definitely, I want to imagine Predator for me was, yeah, either a caught on on TV or maybe we, I know we have a DVD of it somewhere in my parents' house. Aliens was the first like rated R movie I ever saw. I remember one day we put it on TV, it was on TV and they're like, yeah, you know, watch it and you know that was kind of you know mind-blowing so i have to imagine i saw predator sometime you know either my youth or you know early teens or something and i just remember yeah the the even looking at cgi we have today of of how to kind of do the cloaking technology there's just a great it's a great premise of these like tough macho men action you know gods going off in the jungle and they're just you know going to do their normal thing but something stalking and hunting them something they can't see well the fact that they're outmatched where they kind of flip the whole like you see this the beginning of this film and they're like oh these guys are tough like they're gonna take this thing out whatever it is because think about all the other movies you see think about the first alien it was just a bunch of these you know uh space mechanics you know they're just a bunch of you know blue yeah scientists yeah, or even think about all the great horror films. It's a babysitter running around, you know, no training. These people are the best of the best, you know, hulking muscles, and they got all the equipment. And then they're like, what What do we What do they literally walk into? Like, what is this thing? Yeah, this is, uh, if you want a testosterone-filled film, uh, look no further than Predator. I mean, just off the bat, Arnold is so great in this film. Him and Carl Weathers. <laughs> Dylan, uh, you son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> Bill Duke, I mean, Jesse Ventura, Sonic Landon. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy the amount of people they got in this film that are all these crazy tough guys. And imagine just going off into the jungle and having to film this film. And I think something that really is handled really well uh, by John McTiernan, who directed the first film, is it's tough to film a whole movie that like, takes place in a jungle and make it seem... Uh, different every time not always seem like over oh, in the same location and i think I, there was a lot of good work of when you actually show the predator uh, either when it's out of its cloak or you know when you just see images of it i love how much you you know i think i think things they 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 don't do as well for some reason anymore is these movies really show like what it's like to be like sweaty in the jungle and i just love the close-up shots of all these guys and they're like 
looking off the distance just like there's something up there it's watching us and it's like and the whole time you're you're with the ride if it's your first time you're like where is it i can't i can't see it because even though at times when it does move you kind of see a little bit of like a reflection you know it's not 100 percent invisible it's still creepy you're like it's very it's very almost jaws like this is kind of like again yeah kind of vein like what we can't see it so and what a great setting to be in the jungle because the of the camouflage of any kind of you think of any kind of creature that uses camouflage to hunt its prey it was like the perfect first setting to have and then even this the predator itself you know okay we go off the, the the mythos here of what is this creature jim thomas and john thomas you know, wrote the screenplay for this first film and to think i bet they were like you know, we're coming off the success of the Alien franchise and how that creature was developed. But they were probably thinking, we want to have something more. It's, it's more humanoid. Uh, obviously has its different, you know, armor and weapons. But like, what does it even look like? And that thing too is the Predator itself is just intense looking. I mean, it looks like a soldier, has all this great armor, has these weapons. I mean, I always love the, the kind of like two spears that come out of its, you know, one wrist. It has a laser gun it has you know a, a bomb safe it needs it has sometimes a, a dagger with all you know it's just, it's just crazy how much weapons it has and then the cool like mask that typically it has this mask on so you can't actually see its face in the dreads you know always that image of these like kind of dread like hair and then when the thing actually reveals itself you're like good god this thing is one ugly motherfucker um just wow with the jowls and like the things and like how it looks the beady eyes the fact that it like roars like it's just... and it wasn't always like that for fun fact like, i'm seeing a lot of the original stuff you know i didn't it was kind of crazy to think that originally they wanted john claude van damme uh because you know he because of his action star yeah action star his martial arts prowess but then he's five nine Fun fact. And compared to Schwarzenegger, Weathers, Ventura, all these others are over six feet and they're doing bodybuilding. So it's like, we need someone more physically imposing. And also apparently Jean-Claude Van Damme was like complaining about the suit and stuff. I, I, I understand that. But seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff, like the body was interesting, but the head was very goofy looking. It looked very much like a Cantina Star Wars character. So then when they got Ke Kevin Peter Hall, 7-2, who played the original Predator, he had just he just came off uh, playing the Sasquatch in Harry and the Henderson. So what what a what a jump uh, between those. But I mean, he was just so. That's what I think also lended it to it because you don't you hear these noises stuff, but there's no dialogue really. A lot of it is this physically imposing scenes where occasionally when the predator like reveals its mask and like roars, or you hear like kind of the clicking noises, which is creepy. But it's just kind of just walking around and just kind of the head tilts. And just kind of the movement, like it, it's because he's just kind of studying his prey. He's kind of like analyzing and just, so you, I think that was like some of the best physical character work you think in the vein of, you know, all these, you wonderful character work er, uh, actors. Um, I just remember some of those scenes like, oh my God, this thing is like, is like one of the coolest creature look. And the, uh, the. The infrared was a really cool. That was the like, coolest thing because in the very beginning you don't know what this is. All you see is the, you know, body temperature stuff. This so it's kind of cool the whole time until like the very end. You see, oh, this thing only can see by infrared. Only. Yeah, when it has its uh, mask on, and as other films have gone on, it can do different kind of modes of light to see its prey. Um, of course, I love the the triple laser target that it has that uh, usually can shoot and. Uh, yeah, it's all these uh all these techniques that it has and seeing that really what this creature is after is trophies is it's trying to find the ultimate you know fellow competition to take down so that it can be deemed the top hunter and so i love that yeah this movie is like these tough macho men are being hunted killed one by one and you know trying to best this thing and it does like have some pretty like you know it gets gorier as the the series goes along but just the fact that to the predator when it kills it like rips out the spine yeah. and like it like it's very a uh, uh, hgtv and then polishes the skull and has its little <laughs> yes. you know he loves to have a nice uh, 
a nice looking skull, not a blood covered skull for the predator. Um, but I always love that idea that like he really takes the time to have his trophy and, you know, seeing like these guys hung upside down, just gouged. And you're like, what the hell did this? And of course I love how all these movies are always like, was this, you know, were these like, uh, you know, you know, soldiers out here or something. It's like, no, this, this was our enemy. This was something else. You know, and it gets worse and worse. You're like, this is well, something else. And- well, especially the idea that you're like, they're seeing these bodies that are flayed, their whole skins come off. So like, so it was really like rooted in that conflict. Like, are these guerrilla fighters? Are these, is this a, and uh, the fact that they were setting in to find this other team. So what starts at this, this very simple, like action pack, like, you know, rescue thing becomes more horror. And then it, it leads into more like, it, it it's very interesting how the layers of the genre change towards towards the climax to the very end where and then it just becomes like this the hunt and i like and this is one of my favorite stories i remember you reading the story in school the most dangerous game do you remember that this, mm-hmm, this yeah. is what i love about this especially towards the end it really lends itself to like a a futuristic um kind of version of that and especially this you know when obviously the crew uh, the team starts get picked off but like the very end when uh, Arnold's character Dutch man he's just getting he's prepping all the he's like a, you know a, a mod, a adult home alone with his little booby traps and everything like that and he's got the mud on him and stuff like that it, that's what I said if you were to think of like what one you know I used to think Top Gun was like macho 80s no no I think Predator's macho no, man Predator's <laughs> way more macho and it's a cool ending yeah the whole him really having to kind of think smarter than think tougher uh, so using the mud to kind of cloak his body heat and setting up these traps to try to do what he can because at this point it's like you're not gonna necessarily get him hand-to-hand combat unless you get that mask off and get some of his him weak and another thing too with this film is it really i think of all the franchise it has just these one-liners that have like really stuck out uh you know i don't got time to bleed uh, get to the chop, uh, you know, know. If, and then also the cheesy 80s, like stick yeah. around, you know, yeah. <laughs> throws a knife at an enemy, or... <laughs> just all it, 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 that's I think was what's a great it towed that line of it starts off very much like, oh, this is a comedic action film, and then it gets real dark. And you see, I, I, I think the actual fear in these guys is they're trying to face off against this thing, and it's just a great, it really is one of the great like 80s movies, and it did okay, you know, it's not like uh. I think for the time era, it did pretty well. I mean, it only had a budget of like 15, 18 million and made a little under $100 million, uh, which is pretty good. You know, it's like at that time and era, too. The thing is, like, the Predator franchise has never had the success of like the Alien franchise. Alien franchise also has just had more movies. So, like, a lot of their box office has just been, you know, more pumped up because of more movies. But clearly, this film was not going to be the end all be all for the Predator. It did well, so they are going to be like, we're moving on to do Predator 2. And I had only seen Predator 2 once, like, a long time ago. So I did rewatch it this week for this episode. And I'll say it's not a, a, a bad movie by any means. It's just a very different film. Um, taking the concept of, now let's put the Predator in L.A., and what would, what would it be like instead of in this jungle now we're in this big city and like how do we how do we still kind of keep that story you know similar plot but also how do we maybe raise the stakes maybe raise the game i do think there's some things in predator 2 that definitely raise a lot of stuff in terms of the mythology of the predator especially by the end we get a lot of great answers about stuff but um <laughs> So this one again, the Thomas brothers came back to to um, to write the screenplay. John McTiernan did not direct this; it was Stephen Hopkins who came in, and Danny Glover is our star now. So Arnold did not come back to do a sequel, but you got Danny Glover, and let me tell you, Danny Glover—he's just gonna be fun to watch in anything. He plays he plays the gristled cop, and I like it's so hard not to watch this and then to watch the Lethal Weapons and just not like you know like, but. I mean, he this this is his movie, where it's so obviously we had like the more the team element. Although of course it goes to Arnold's like head to head with the, but this is really you're kind of really following Danny Glover's character this whole time, and um, I just love how it, it it even though it's set in the '90s, but I would say like 
the 80s, mid, early to mid 90s, you know, cop that that vibe where it was like, oh, you know, the stereotype like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the road cop, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. And like, you know, the commissioner comes out of nowhere like, you know, Mert, you know you're know, you you're out of your depth. No, I'm not like, hey, we're not allowed any cops in there. I didn't hear that. We're going to go in. Like just all these little things like you, you don't. And that's what's funny about his, going back and watching this. You don't really realize why he's such like um, such a hothead. There's like no kind of really reason to it. Uh, it's just he just for that. But um, I just love his kind of he's he's not um, he's he, I love his gristled cop, but he's kind of like the lone wolf. But it's also like I don't know why they 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 like thought you know this was made in 1990, like it came out in 1990, so it was, it was filmed like at the tail end of the 80s. Why they thought the setting was like it was almost like a darker version of Back to the Future Two when they go back and Biff like owns everything now. Well, yeah. And, and they, like they set this like 10 years. So it's, so the first one was 87. Uh, this one's was 90, but they're like, Oh, it's in 97. So yeah, it, it's kind of like a robo over the top. It's it like Robocop like, action, you know, like yeah, it's crazy. Like I love the, in the beginning with this, they're like these, uh, the gangs are gang fights. The and also the guy takes crazy. a rocket lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it is like ridiculous. And like, they're like at one point Danny Glover like takes his car and like basically drives it and he's like outside hanging from the car as he's like trying to shoot at them. It just has all this crazy like over the top action and it really sets this the setting that like the gang war is like insane. So that <laughs> and also the characters of the gang war is if you watch it now, it comes off very racist and like stereotypical. It's just like, oh, we have like the <laughs> the like spanish gang if you will and or then we Colum- have is it the Colum- the oh, Colombian, yeah. and it's like yeah. the, and then the jamaican and it's like there's a <laughs> the like the voodoo king is like the king of the the jamaican gang and he, like he has this whole like alley he comes down he has like a cane and king like Wi- I was, king willie yeah <laughs> king willie i'm like what the so like it was almost like they wanted to try to enhance the the world that this was in to kind of fit this over the top sci-fi because the predator is coming in now to hunt these gang members and of course the police are trying to figure out who's doing these these sick crimes and you know eventually it's like oh there's this alien thing around and then we also get like the <laughs> gary Busey in here uh, as keys who is like he's just a head full of teeth coming at you in every frame let me tell you he's got that big those big teeth <laughs> and i think and i think and we and we have talked about that for Busey's character this this would have been great if they actually had Arnold back for that kind of character. Like he's kind of leaving this team. Um, I wouldn't want them to kind of necessarily kill him off like the Duke keys, but yeah, keys is just kind of all over the place. And he's like, Hey, you doing there? You know, and like, it's, it's kind of like, he kind of reminds me of Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice, you know, yeah. just that, that voice like, Hey, how you doing? Um, but it's like, but he kind of plays like the Paul Reiser character of aliens. You know, he's like, they're like, this, you know, this rogue theme of like scientists, like, oh, you know, but I wish, you know, it was, I wish they kind of delved more into like their research. Like you, you kind of like were hinted at what they were there for because you, like the audience were like, okay, you know what they're, they're, they're hunting the predator. So why don't you kind of, I would love to get a little more backstory into them, not until the tail end. Well, yeah, it's like all these movies were like this some alien creature and they're like, if we catch it and we study it, maybe we can get medicine from it or weapons. And we could we could be advanced thousands of years before we would get there. It's like great. Here's the problem: it's a killing machine. So there's always gonna be a chance that this thing's gonna kill a bunch of people before you get it. And so it it would have been yeah. I think if there had been a little more Easter eggs towards that in Predator, because you'd only watch Predator the whole movie and think like there's a government agency that wants to get that thing. You know they, it and they've referenced it in other movies where it's like it first came in the eighties. Uh, and then 10 years later in LA. So it's like, okay, we, we know the existence of these things, but like also why do they keep coming back? You know, it's like, I think as we've moved on to some of the movies, especially quite on what the last one that came out before prey was trying to tackle was the idea that they try to go take down the greatest hunters. And then whatever those tools are, they use to kind of evolve themselves to get to the next step so they can take on even bigger, you know, maybe aliens on other planets and stuff this movie felt like they were like, Oh yeah, we need to 
catch the predator so we can, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the whole time it's like, is this more a cop case? We're just trying to take down this thing. Or is it trying to be like, we want to make this start like an LA story, but it becomes a lot bigger, which I do think it does in the tail end of this film really is. It becomes more of Danny Glover taking on the predator. And there's, there's some great action moments in this and how it ends with him, like on the ship. I think there's some bigger answers, but there's a lot of like bumpy road to get to that point. Um, you know, and another great just because we love him and so many things, and he also was in Aliens. Bill Paxton getting all this, you know, sci-fi sequel roles um, here as kind of like the annoying, bumbling idiot, kind of goofy detective, and then he just gets a really kind of goofy last scene on the subway. I will say the subway scene was pretty cool. That's a great like. I think anything where it's really tight space to face against the predator is going to be intense. You're going to be a little scared when it's like, there's something invisible on the train and it's coming for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I love the use of the predators, you know, mimic tech, uh, technology recording. And there's that scene where he records the little kid want some candy. <laughs> I love when he's coming at Bill Paxton and he's like, what the hell are you, man? He's like, want some candy. It was like, so like weird and creepy. But uh, we get this awesome ending, you know, this final fight, like you said, we, it's not, it's, but it's a big kind of like, oh, we're getting into this, what's this, the predator ship. And then we see this awesome thing of these trophies, these skulls. And for, uh, you know, more of the untrained eye, you will, or the nerdy, unnerdy eye, if you will, we notice this uh, one skull looks very, very familiar about the alien, uh, the xenomorph. So we're like, you know, at the time people are kind of like, what is going on? So uh, you imagine like if you were an alien fan and seeing Predator and seeing the end of Predator 2, what you would have thought seeing these skulls in this kind of little trophy room scene. So this was like, whoa, for those who were fans of that, to see that you're like, wait a second. So there is like a connection. What's going on? And then it kind of just ends. Then like, then he's has this big fight, takes out the Predator. And then what's great is his ends where he's like, he takes out the predator and then all of a sudden he's surrounded by multiple, like, okay. Like 20 of them show like, up of okay. all different types. Exactly. Like, great. He's like, who's next? <laughs> and they show up and they hand him this gun and you're like, um, okay. Kind of like his trophy. And what's really cool is that gun is then later connected to a different, uh, movie, which we won't get into right now, but, um, just kind of cool like it says Raphael Adelini it says 7 15 15 so it's like clearly they must have killed someone back at that time they've or, been coming you know, here for yeah, hundreds for and hundreds ages. of years but they don't kill him or anything they kind of give him the thing and then he kind of gets off the ship and they they take off and they leave I like how they're kind of like dicks it's like here's your trophy and they get the hell out and they, they, they all of a sudden it's blasting off yeah and he's just like covered in like dust and stuff he looks like he just got a little too much cake if you know what I'm saying and um I, yeah, I love how the ending is kind of him walking away and it's like, uh, don't worry, you'll get another chance. Like, you know, like expecting that there's going to be more. So you, you can imagine at this point, Predator 2, had it done well enough, would it have advanced a, a third film? This one had a budget of about 20 to 30 million. It made 57.1 million. So it, it took a huge dip from the previous film, which is why I think there was a break in the solo movies for the Predator. But as we talked about, what a cool ending to showcase that they've hunted the alien before. And a big part of the Predator franchise that is a connected combo is Alien versus Predator. Many of us have played the video games, uh, which was always really fun, especially because it was kind of more like Mortal Kombat style with the alien and the Predator, you know. But the first movie, Alien versus Predator, came out in i think it was 2004 uh directed by paul ws anderson who's done a bunch of goofy movies the guy uh he has a very interesting take on a lot of um you know his style of films but i give alien versus predator some credit for what it does in terms of the two main archetypes here of this kind of creepy cool underground pyramid in the arctic and the fact that there's all these eggs there and like there's the queen and like 
the predators use that to try to hunt the ultimate weapon, which is the alien. So I thought that was a cool, like, how do the humans connect to the story? It's a little goofy at times. I do think some of the problems too is when it's a PG-13 film, uh, you know, for Alien and Predator, both franchises, we want to see the gore. Um, maybe not always uh, pretty, but you're kind of expecting some gore. And of course, when it's when it's PG-13, it's going to drop a lot of um, that. But, you know, I liked a lot of the action in this movie. And I remember too, just the, the end kind of scene where um, the Predator kind of helps the, the main girl and they're going to take down the alien queen there's some cool moments for like i think this is where you start to see a little more cgi used where they can do a little more cool graphics with how fast these things can move i just remember that one scene is so badass where the predator kind of like flips up in the air with his spear and he spears like through the queen's head doesn't kill her right over there but it was just a cool like some badass moments and that ending too where like there's a cool couple predators and there's just like a bunch of aliens coming towards this, you know, kind of top of the pyramid. It was like, oh crap, that would be crazy. I haven't seen Alien versus Predator Requiem. Have you, Taylor? Yes, yes. So I'm I'm kind of an expert in the field here. I've heard it's not that great. <laughs> I've heard that is, but I remember one thing that did make me laugh about AVP was that moment where it's as if an alien face hugger gets on the predator so we see what is the predator alien hybrid come out of the chest which i think is a big part of requiem so having not seen the film i've heard for most lists is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to a predator based film um i might have a battle with that coming up soon but um what was your take on requiem and do you think that we're gonna get a bigger better future of avp you know down the line at some point well, yeah, first of all, I, I would say the one thing that I think what AVP said was great was this whole history, like back to the Mayans, like they helped them build the pyramids and all that. I thought that's an interesting story. I would love to go back to see that. And I think obviously with the films we're seeing now, there's a chance for that. The thing with AVP Requiem, AVP leaves off with this Predalien thing. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Because as we know, the Xenomorph, Whatever host it inhabits with the facehugger, it'll be in that kind of form. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be cool. So when this came out, I was like, okay, it literally, the second one starts like right after the other one. So right where Chestburster comes out and then it's like, okay, then the movie starts. That ship, uh, this thing grows really fast. It crash, it gets on another ship, crashes on Earth into the small town Colorado and what happens is of course this thing is wrecking house and you've got this other predator that comes to kind of clean up the mess and he's kind of you know what was kind of like the problem with this film was it was just kind of it was you, you talk about AVP where there was not enough you know good violence so that this was a little too over the top I mean people are just getting killed left and right and this this Predalien thing it's like a giant alien with dreads and stuff <laughs> It, it's like a it's like a queen so it okay. like literally will it'll face hug on someone with his little mandibles and and then it will implant multiple aliens in people so you'll have multiple chest bursts i was like yeah and then one woman's like pregnant and it does, i'm like that i don't need to see this and so wow. it was, it's just like it was then it was trying to kind of connect to the alien friend it was just kind of it was definitely a mess and there's some scenes where it's so dark, you don't know what's going on. So they're probably like, "This looks so bad. Let's just put it dark." You just. Imagine. I've heard it's very dark at times where you can't. And not see not in a in a scary not in a, not in a way. scary way. A let's hide it, the footage we did. And yet, it just surprises me because it's like you would think when you have the combination of these two aliens that are like super popular in sci-fi and horror, like how can you how can you go wrong? Um, and so, yeah, I've heard just Requiem is, is, a, is a mess. I'll have to watch it at some point. I know it's on Hulu right now. A lot of the Predator films are on Hulu. Um, but, you know, even like Alien vs. Predator, there's a lot of great stuff where it's like, oh, how do we connect to the Alien franchise? How do we connect to, you know, we? it's kind of crazy to think that with, with knowing what we know about robots and all that stuff in the, um, in the Alien franchise, having... Charles Bishop Whalen. So we have like, oh, the Lance Henriksen returning, you know, to play a different version of Bishop as if he owns this whole company. And so maybe that's who 
eventually would have made a robot copy of himself for the alien franchise. I do like those little Easter eggs. I feel like sometimes the predator franchise doesn't have that enough because there's not been as much mythos. And again, they try sometimes with like, Oh, well there was an attack in the eighties and then 10 years later in LA and now they're back. I think the more that we can have connected tissue moving forward with the franchise helps to kind of keep sustaining it. Because again, the predator franchises as a whole has not had the same level of success the alien has uh both from a box office standpoint and for the most part of an actual graded film i mean no, don't get me wrong the alien franchise has had some duds too they've had some real stinkers but i think this predator needs a little more um a little more trial and error and i do think Let's take a quick break. We talk about the next three main Predator films where I think it has been some ups and downs, but kind of moving in a, for the most part, a, a better direction moving forward with Predator. Welcome back to another season of The Bachelor. The quest for long-lasting romance begins, but this season we are shaking things up. That's right. The formula remains the same, and we have 25 beautiful women waiting to get their chance with our bachelor, who really is out of this world. He's tall, he's physically fit, he's got gorgeous hair and a face that screams GQ. Meet your bachelor, the Predator. Our first bachelor from another planet, incredible. It's time for our ladies to meet the Predator. Hello ladies. You all look stunning tonight. Are you ready to meet The Bachelor? Here he is. Oh, he cute. This is The Predator. He's been hunting and collecting the skulls of his victims all over the galaxy. Don't let this rough exterior scare you. He has a heart of gold and is ready to make that once-in-a-lifetime connection. So get ready. The hunt for love starts now. 25 potential mates, one Bachelor. The passion, the romance, the drama. Don't be spineless, ladies. He only wants a true champion. And remember, ladies, he may be a quick learner, but he wants to take it slow. So don't rush things, and he ain't got time to breed. Yeah, we're still not sure how that works. All right, ladies, it's time for our first dating game of the season. Get to the sofa. For years, our world was the stage set for the ultimate hunt. For the ultimate hunter who lives for the hunt. It's continued to seek the ultimate prey where time is on no one's side. What be that creature there? Could it be the devil himself? Come on, men! We've got to get over the hill and charge! Good God. What the hell are you? What the hell are you? Are you not all entertained? Who's next? We have a new challenger. Predator. 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 Predator predated an original series streaming exclusively to Hulu 2025. The hunt continues. I always like the tagline, and um, and we're back. Uh, AVP when it was like, whoever wins, we lose. I just remember that trailer yeah. uh, when that came out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna. And be then the, the the tagline for Requiem is like, there will be no peace on Earth this Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, also you you said oh an AVP movie at Christmas, but can't you see like, you know, we've had 
you know, we had this new movie, Prey, that just came out, and we had, you know, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. We're not really sure if we're getting another film right now from Ridley Scott that's been kind of up in the air because Covenant do, didn't do as well. But also there's going to be a new Alien show on Hulu that we know is coming. I think Predator might be getting a show too or something. So it's like there's clearly still a love for these companies, these two characters. I think down the line, if someone made a really great AVP movie, it could be really, you know, some redemption level because I think it, you got to go kind of back to basics, but then, you know, maybe it's something we take off world and not on earth. And that actually brings me to a good point of why I think the next film in the predator franchise worked better for me than some of the other ones are predators came out in 2010 directed by Nimrod Antal. And I remember seeing this once in theaters. I, I watched it again this week for this episode. And this movie, I think, worked really well because it was, let's stop stop having it on Earth. Let's still have a similar concept where it's like in the jungle and stuff, but now we're on their turf. We're going to the Predator planet, or at least the planet that they use as like a game reserve. I thought this was a really cool concept. Yeah, we're definitely not on Earth anymore. And We're not um, in Kansas anymore, total. Yeah. <laughs> And even the way the movie starts, this movie starts right away. The movie opens. Adrian Brody is falling from the sky and he lands on this planet and then he starts meeting other people that are, look like mercenaries and, and, you know, assassins and killers. And they start to kind of unwind. Where are they? And then I love that shot of the sun hasn't moved since we've been here. And then they, they get to this giant kind of opening and there's like, two suns and like a planet in the distance and they're like we're not on earth it's a great creepy concept where you're like how did we get here why did we get here why were we chosen and what the hell is going on uh i think it was a great concept of like let's not do it on earth let's have the predators have come and suck them up and take them there it was it was a what a way to kind of like build the original concept excuse me and then flip it on its axis that I think was was just genius. And I remember seeing this in theaters and I really was blown away. I was like, this is really cool. And not only to do that, but to take it to like the next level in terms of um, obviously we're going to get some more cool weapons. We're going to get even some a um, little just bit more peeling back the layers of what these creatures are and like what's what is their kind of like whole like backstory. And we're still and we're still left more in the dark though, still with this. I think what was a cool idea was you start to kind of get the idea, okay, they're they're using these tactics that these these, you know, criminals, warriors, assassins doesn't really work on them as well because they already kind of that's what they normally would do themselves on their jobs. And the idea that they're the predators themselves on planet Earth. So, like, you know, I think that was a great thing, too, is the title Predators. Yes, there's more than one Predator in the movie, but that our main cast who we're following is our heroes, quote-unquote, are Predators themselves. They've done some bad things on Earth to survive. You know, you do what you got to do to survive. The thing, too, is the more I was watching this for the second time, I think some of the hard things that have been critiqued about the movie is a lot of the cast don't come off like they would be these macho badasses like like the predator cast was the original you know we got adrian brody doing this i i, I call it the um peter quill voice when he's uh, jealous of thor the whole time you know he's just like that's what i would do yeah they're doing that thing we gotta go over here he's just this deep grizzled voice so adrian brody time. what'd you do for this film to get prepared well i <laughs> gargle with nails every morning <laughs> and then you got topher grace who just sticks out like a sore thumb. You're like, no, you're not gonna have Eric Foreman in a in a you know alien movie, um, or predator movie. I remembered watching it for the second time. Spoiler if you haven't seen it, that he he there was a twist coming. I was like, I was like, I couldn't remember if he already he already like was there before and he worked for the predators, like he was live bait every time, or if he was just insane. No, it was more he's just insane. He's murdered people in the past. But he comes off as like the bait the entire movie. He's just constantly screaming and yelling. But there's some great characters in here, and even like um, uh, kind of crazy. I think like a early role for Mahershal Ali. You know, like he doesn't really have a lot to do in the film. And I was like, I'm glad he's kind of moved on to bigger roles. You know, he's done a lot to uh, Academy Awards. Not bad. But we gotta talk about Lawrence Fishburne. I think this is a great role in this movie. 
this is like your cool like wasn't advertised didn't know about it weird like oh there's that one survivor who's gone crazy a little bit of that apocalypse now uh, vibe i really liked his work in this i wish he was in that more he he doesn't get a ton of screen time but he's a great kind of featured role and that's like kind of what you want like these are the little moments where that would have been like okay the next one's a prequel to this movie like how did he get here like um but yeah he does it so well and it kind of like would kind of involve in his character in john wick because he just has that he d- played that borderline kind of crazy and, and he's just such a hidden gem where you're right he wasn't wasn't advertised and then he doesn't stick out like Topher grace does but it's such a really good end that you do want more of that character but I like the idea that what we're what we've seen in the last, you know, couple movies, unlike the aliens that only kind of change with the host, the predators do kind of change. Just like a the human race, we're all we all look different, so they're all kind of like different designs. And then this one was all the kind of designs kind of stay the same. Some of them were kind of bulky, some a little more sleek. This one, then we had this, uh, like Uber predator yeah that we, we had the macho yeah we get the berserker berserker is it called yeah uh and i'm like what is going on like i was like that was like then you see like its face and i'm like oh my god who someone hate his wheaties yeah, it was it was a good twist where yeah they uh get to some camp area and there is a predator that we know it's, it's called like you know a classic predator is stringed up and tied up so you're like oh uh, maybe he was rogue or something happened because these other guys are hunting him or, you know, using him for bait as well. We also get like our first take at, I guess, what are predator dogs or at least some kind of creature that is used kind of like a, uh, like a hound, like to a hound, you know, to like prey. to stick the prey out. And I, I do like the design of these things. They had these like weird spikes and the snout and everything. They don't really look like a predator, which I think was a smart move. And kind of creepy how they are involved. We'll get to why in the, in the next movie. I know. You're just waiting. You're chopping at the bed. <laughs> I think there's some cool... It's just with some of the locations in this, it still feels jungle like that first movie. But it has a bit of this weird, bizarre, like, this isn't Earth. And I did like that. And I liked how these are, you know, all really supremely skilled, you know, warriors and stuff. And so how they're going to use their strengths to try to take down this, you know, huge version of a predator who is much more tough, but it gets a little goofy at times. Um, like the ending, we have this whole moment where, yeah, we have uh Topher Grace's turn where he actually doesn't want to leave. He likes being there. And so he, he, for some reason he sees his plant earlier in the movie and he's like, Oh, it's a blah 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 blah. It's the most poisonous thing. I'm like, this is an alien planet. So how do you know it's exactly what's on Earth? So you're it, like, dude, you're a pediatrician. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know if you really know what you're talking about, but clearly, I'm like, he's gonna use that knife later because it's gonna, you know. And this whole end sequence is like, Adrian Brody does the Arnold thing of covered in body and in, in mud. He has like this axe thing. First off, the predator that helps him, the one strung up, gets a few licks in, but then the big berserker predator just takes him out so fast it's just like and he's dead so you're like okay now we gotta kill the the main big bad guy and adrian burning at one point he gets the whole camp like on fire he just kind of runs in and smacks with this axe like 15 times the editing was like over and over and over again and i was like and then eventually he gets a couple more licks in and then he finally cuts the throat of the predator it's a cool like death but I was just like, gosh, you're, you're smacking this thing a thousand times and nothing. I would say one of the cool fight scenes was Hanzo, uh, the guy with the samurai sword, which is actually, I think that'd be a great location for a predator movie in the future, somewhere in Japan. And it could be even it could be even modern Japan, or it yeah. could be rural, uh, like feudal, fe- yeah, feudal, feudal Japan. Japan. Yeah, and that's what, samurai. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ooh, that'd be cool. But uh, the movie ends where. So obviously Adrian Brody has survived, the girl has survived, and they start seeing more people are being dropped from the sky. So it's like, and I think the I think the last line is like, he's something like, what does he say? It's so cheesy. He's like, uh, all right, let's go kill some more. He's like, you know, like, let's go get ready to kill some more people. Like It's just like, it's a cheesy, terrible ending. 
But for the setting alone, for the cast, for what it kind of did to be a little outside the box, I think it was pretty good. And it did very well. The movie had a budget of around $40 million, and it made $127.2 million. So it made money. It did well. And that could have led to a sequel. Or even a prequel. I know um, Ansel had talked about um, that he wanted to either do a direct one because he's like, or I would love to follow Lawrence Fishburne's character around like because all the stories he kind of hints at. So he was really on board. Agent Birdie was talking about, you know, but then June 14, Fox said, you know, we got plans to announce for a new film. We got Shane Black co-writing and directing, and this is going to be a sequel instead of a reboot. So now, okay, we're not rebooting the series anymore. We're going to continue on within that franchise. So I think we're excited and fun. Well, fact- Shane Black, you know, being an original cast member of the first film. That's a cool feature. And also, if you don't know who Shane Black is, apart from his acting, I mean, the guy has directed uh, quite an amount of films, uh, including Iron Man 3. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorites. Uh, but, you know, he's done Lethal Weapon and Last Action Hero. And he's he's been a bunch. And yeah, when it's just cool to think that he's been in the original cast of Predator. So to see, like... What if you got a chance years later to come back and direct a Predator movie? Well, I really wish he didn't because this to me of what I've seen thus far, I've seen now six films that involve a Predator. I've not seen Requiem was garbage. And unfortunately it is the movie that has made the most (laughs) Uh, money but of course this is also i think the hype level at the time was uh, exciting but uh yeah i finally sat down and i watched the predator did you see this in theaters taylor no this would have been one that i saw i wanted to but no i saw this um home home video or dvd yeah see i remember getting excited for the trailers too because i think uh by the time this was coming out this is a little after my time of uh, living in Dubai. It's about a year change. And I was, you know, I saw Logan for the first time in Dubai. And that's where I really got to fall for Boyd Holbrook's like acting. I thought like, oh, he's really good in that. And seeing like, he's going to be in that. Keegan-Michael Key, Thomas Jane. Like I was like, oh, you know, it's got a good cast. And kind of a more modern take on the Predator, which we haven't had in a while. This movie is all over the place. It is all over the place. And it's it's honestly, it's, it's it's like, it's almost like they were trying to make a parody movie of the franchise. Like, there's just cheesy moments. There's goofy dialogue. Sterling K. Brown gives the worst acting performance of his career, I'm imagining. <laughs> that, that, it is that so gum, bad. That gum chomping. He has these, like, goofy-like ticks, And then he also, like, says these like stupid lines like he's like we're gonna give sterling we're gonna give you all the classic stupid cheesy corny 80s lines and you're gonna we're gonna deliver them i just don't get why like yeah there's a lot of foul language in a lot of these movies especially the first two especially predator 2 i mean just go back and watch danny glover's a lot of language in that movie but this felt like it had language for no reason especially like basically what happens in this movie is you know you have like your mercenary who's out on a job this predator thing shows up, kills his men. He ends up getting, you know, the upper hand on it, takes the weapons and armor from it, but he mails it back to his family's house in the States. No one would have checked the contents of that box. I'm like, um, I don't know where you're mailing from. Even if it's from Mexico, Costa Rica, whatever. Someone's going to check what's in that. They're going to x-ray it. So I thought that was like stupid number one. But then we have Jacob Tremblay. Now, Jacob Tremblay, he's a great actor. They, there's been some critique of this film. of you know They kind of make him a little on the spectrum autistic. And he kind of like presses these buttons and figures out how this technology works. And that what's, that's what calls the Predators to like come back to that location. Gary Busey's son in here is kind of keeping that key storyline for Predator 2. But there's not enough of it, of him, of him at least. Sterling Craig Brown is really like the mad scientist of the movie. But it was like they had this group of mercenaries that had like tag team together. But it was like they wanted to like really go over the top with their characters. So it's like Keegan Michael Key has all the the raunchy jokes. Thomas Jane has Tourette's. This guy has that thing. That guy has that thing. I was like, 
we didn't need to have everyone have a crazy characteristic to make the movie work. And it does just come off really goofy and like stupid a lot. It's just like one of those films where everyone has to make, like, listen, I just, everyone's fighting for attention. Like I want to be known in this scene or that scene. I mean, even um, Olivia Munn, <laughs> she has that, that like she looks at the predator and then he's like, you're one beautiful mother. Like, why do you need to say that? Like, you know, and yeah. And I, and like I said, uh, and I talked to you about this and this is person because having a brother who has autism, I think it's a very tough thing to depict in films because people don't realize that it's not one thing and they make it out to be like, oh, if you have autism, you're the savant. And it's not always the case. But I think that having maybe even just him just being a kid and very smart, I think that would have been, you know, they're just, they were trying to do, they were trying to tick so many boxes and do all these things. And like you said, it is a mess because we, it's, a, it's a long movie, but it's also very fast too. Like stuff happens too quickly. So you don't have time to digest anything. Yeah. A lot of things move very quickly. And there's also like just over the top gore at times. And, you know, every predator movie, there's been guys in suits who are the predators. They have actors in suits. This movie, if you thought the berserker predator was big in the in predators in the predator, we have like the Uber troll version of a predator who is completely cgi the entire movie and that's another thing where like people just kind of saw it as like we don't need to keep going bigger we just need to keep up with the great action and like what was done in the past i I made that comment earlier there are predator dogs in this film who start off very menacing they look really stupid i think the design was terrible um they kind of have like their dreads and it looks like a predator face kind of put on a dog and it just doesn't work but then it's so stupid. At one point, one of the guys puts a bullet in one of the predator dogs' head. You think it kills it. Then all of a sudden, it just keeps acting like a normal dog. And they're like, no, 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 it's good. It's working for us. I think they lobotomized it. And I'm like, you've got to be It's like Mars, it's like it's Mars just, attacks. Stuff like that. And again, <laughs> we have a predator who's more of the standard predator who obviously has this thing on this ship that needs to be used to kill these uber versions. He does not last very long. The big predator shows up and dust takes him out in a very gruesome way. And I will say that was the thing too, is the gore just felt like over the top at times. Like sometimes I think in the predator franchise, it's earned because of the fighting stuff. Like I remember there was one scene where near the end, the big predator shoots like a cable across the thing and like four soldiers in a car go right through the cable and they all get decapitated and you see all their heads rolling and I was like, did we need to do we need to see all of that? It's just like goofy. And like, even like uh, near the end, you know, like the ship is trying to escape and some of the guys jump on the ship from off a cliff. Boyd Holbrook, like just barely makes it under the shield. The other guy jumps on top of the shield and the third guy doesn't see that the shield's closing and the shield cuts him in half. And, there's, and then you see like his body, like fall off the ship. And I was just like, <laughs> just if it's just weird because it's like i feel like he's done good movies in the past but just like that this is actually the direction they wanted to go with it's it comes off comical and goofy especially having his roots of the first film he knew it made that great yeah that was that was what was kind of this this just became over the top goofy action not the suspenseful thrill of the hunt and stuff i think that's that's what made Predator so good, even with Predator 2, but in Predators, there was this sense of hunt and dread. Like, you can't see this enemy coming. This one, it's like, we're just going over the, yeah, There's a, it's just all gore and all bore. We'll call that gore and bore. And even like uh, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown, at one point, he gets one of the Predator's weapons, and at one point, he looks the wrong way, and it shoots him in, it shoots <laughs> him in the head. Yes. And kills him. And I was like, are you kidding me? After all this buildup to see what would happen, he kills himself. Just dumb. And then the movie, the way the movie ends, I was like, what is this, Power Rangers? It was, like, terrible to me. Um, they finally figure out what this thing is. You know, they've, they've killed the giant predator. They know that probably more are going to come back. And they do, they do, you know, talking about the autism thing, they do have that moment where it's like, I think they go and hunt what they can. And if they don't, they try to use that to evolve. So they almost see the sun as like the next step on the evolution chart. And so that's why like, oh, maybe we can use that to evolve ourselves. 
but when they when they figure out that what this device is that the predator originally was bringing to stop the bigger predators it's like this device that goes on your arm and it becomes like you know it reminded me of it a little bit i was like what is this shredder from ninja turtles it was like a giant predator it's like a predator suit evolves onto you it like builds off of this thing on you well it's, it's like and like, it's like it's like the iron man tech nanotechnology yeah, yeah. that's like, where oh, shane black was like remember i did iron man 3 and it was like the and they they leave the movie off like what the hell is that thing and boyd holbrook's like that's my new suit and then literally the movie ends and you're like now if that had been early in the film that they discovered what that was and he uses that in the end to have like that would have been cool. with, that a, been much with cool. maybe like three or four predators fighting him and he's just taking them out that would have been a little more earned but it was like great you made that and we're never going to see it used because this movie although you know had a higher budget of course 88 million made about 160.5 million which is not great but it did make money it's the highest earning of the predator movies but we're not going to see a sequel to this movie i don't think especially with the reception i think i think this film they maybe they wanted to do a little more big blockbuster wham bam thank you ma'am situation but it just you feel that it's a bad movie as you're watching it and it's just the dialogue you can actually i mean i'd say for the most part you could watch this movie and enjoy the action for what it is but the dialogue and some of the stuff in this just does not work and i was just like <laughs> i kept wanting to be like i don't want to keep going because i'm just i'm over it but i did finish it and just you're like i'm glad i didn't pay a ticket for that oh <laughs> uh, yeah i'm glad i didn't either but at least having prey come out on hulu this year just a few weeks ago we just reviewed it last week on the podcast a great turning point for where we think predator can go i think taking still that vibe of what the original did the smaller setting you know yes be smart with cgi this thing has to be invisible there's times where only part of it's invisible or blood happens uh, the technology it has is all that needs to be yeah, CGI, but having like a practical actor stunt man for the most part in the suit and showing too like for those who've seen images of the predator itself and prey, it's a little more animalistic, a little more rustic. It doesn't look quite like it is in the first movie and moving on. I think we could see more films set on all different time periods and even maybe we see a movie of the Predator out in space hunting aliens. Not not the alien, not the xenomorphs, just any kind of alien. And then, yeah, well, there's so much they could do. They don't have to stay in that sandbox. Go to another sandbox. Do something. Why don't you have one? I mean, they, this franchise, there are so many ways they can go. And then we talked about this, you know, doing series, like doing a Predator predators through time and you start off like you start off like mayan culture or you know roman times or a whole and there each season is maybe set in that time and they're facing off one predator i would watch that show like feudal japan you know it's a samurai you know trying to regain his honor you know it's a gladiator thing and imagine like the predators like fighting the games and, they, and then he reveals his mask at the end like ah oh, yeah so that just kind of and the fact that you know again Please listen to our review. We talk much more detail about prey, but having that little connective tissue to like, okay, this can kind of like, there's now that's 300 years. We have all this time between that. The the possibilities are endless. And that's just not just in the movies or shows. They're obviously because of this franchise has gone on to spawn so many things from comic books to video games. I've actually played a couple of video games myself. Um, have so you, have potential. you played Predator Hunting Grounds? Yeah, so the two ones I played that they came out with. I want to actually want to check that one out. Oh right, yeah, so they had Predator Concrete Jungle. That was PlayStation Two. That was kind of a third person one where it was like, it was basically you were a disgraced hunter. You had to go back and it, you fought more of a futuristic world that you can. Very goofy, very like okay. Predator Two is made in the future of a, a video game. That would be it. But it was just the fact you could play as a predator, hunting grounds had a great concept. I really enjoyed it. It's very much like it's only online based. So you basically, you can either be the team that has a mission to complete just like in the first predator. And then you have, after you do that, you got to get to get to the chopper. You got to get to your chopper. Get, I get out of there. Meanwhile, another player, a live player will play as a predator trying to take out the team. 
before the end. That's very similar to um, the new Friday the 13th game that's been out. Yes. Where, like You can play as Jason or you can play as the camp goers and try to you know escape. I think that'd be fun. I think actually knowing what video games can do nowadays, especially these big you know, Horizon, Forbidden West, and all the kind of stuff we can do, I think it'd be cool to have a full big uh, Predator-style game where either you get to play as a human trying to make a way through the world and you find new people and stuff or as predator um in all on all different planets there's so much they could do with that um even where you know maybe a new full hd graphic kind of alien versus predator experience where you know after some of the alien games we've seen lately that could be really fun to see what they do i think you know as long as there's a i think prey is really going to help kind of keep people talking about the predator again again it was hulu's biggest uh premiere of anything in a long time so i i'd be excited to see where they go with uh, some of these video games i think that'd be that'd be pretty cool even like a a vr experience could be really terrifying too kind of like you know we love alien isolation a survival game where you're on the jungle and you can't really like kill the predator would be really creepy too how do you like escape and survive that situation yeah so but yeah it's it's just such a it's such a great franchise that still um as you said Unlike, you know, with Terminator and Alien, they're, it's actually very untapped wealth of, like, stuff they can do. They've, they've, what I think what's unique about this, they can do such more with it, whereas the Alien was kind of following one timeline. Same with Terminator. It's not like you can do this one. There's so much more they can do with it, and I really hope that they do expand in this. So I'm really excited to see what the future of the franchise is, and I do hope that... Um, we're going to see some more fun stuff. And especially now that like with partnering with Hulu, it's a smart decision to kind of get, you know, maybe even a new generation into the predator franchise. Yeah. So we'll see what happens for the future of predator in our full world of cinematic entertainment. But uh, please let us know what your favorite predator movie is. What do you guys like about the franchise? What do you not like? If our thoughts lined up with you, we'd like to hear it either contact us through our social media or directly at our email. But uh, thanks for listening to another episode of The Potential Podcast. And we'll be with you next time. The hunt is on. Want some candy? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast, or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.